We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you finish Did you that? that? <laughs> we're about one half. We're about halfway there. We're just saying that it's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing all the time? Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show, the only place that you need to be for college hoops every single night. On this Wednesday night, January the 11th, 2023, what a great night. One of the best nights of the season that we've seen of college basketball. I'm John Fanta. Jeff Goodman is with us. The coach, Chris Mack, is with us as well. Gentlemen, we've got so much to get to over the next hour. Coming up on the show, Alabama head coach Nate Oates talks with us about the Crimson Tides win, which is where we begin tonight. But i got to ask the first question, Mack. How'd you keep track of everything going on tonight? What a wild night. I did not. I just watched two games. So <laughs> I was going to ask you, you know, Mac, Mac has a lot of um, similarities to Kramer. Um, and I'm looking at that shirt and I'm like, there, there's a lot other than the hair, other than the hair. There's a lot there. Sometimes it's Costanza. Sometimes yeah. it, it's a little Kramer. Bit, a little bit Costanza too. That's true. A little bit of Jerry. <laughs> no well, Jerry. Then co- well then, no, call me you're not Newman. Funny. You're not call, funny, like Jerry. Call me Newman. <laughs> That's, <laughs> hey, that I can get on board with. Absolutely. I don't know. You, Goodman's like Jerry's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uncle, Don, Uncle Leo. Oh, you're oh, Uncle, Uncle Leo. You we are have to Uncle do a Seinfeld, Leo. a Seinfeld uh, after dark at some point. And the format is out the window 45 <laughs> seconds into the night. Poor Trevor. Trevor has no idea, our producer, what he has gotten into uh, with, with hoops. All right. We, all right, let's get Panic, into it. Take so, it back. Alabama wins tonight. Top 15 showdown. Top 15 showdown, the headline tonight in college basketball, folks. Final score, Alabama 84, Arkansas 69. This was a tie game at half at 33. But the fact is, the Crimson Tide showed us once again, now at 14-2, and 4-0 in the SEC, that they're one of the nation's best. Jeff Goodman, what impressed you the most about Alabama tonight? Well, anytime you can go into Bud Walton and, and get a win like that, it, it's it's really, really significant. You know, Mac knows how hard it is to get road wins in league play against quality opponents. Now, having said that, you know, Arkansas still is trying to find its way, right? They, they've lost their two most talented players here. Uh, Trevin Brazil is out for the year. He, he's probably a first-round pick, could be a lottery pick, towards ACL. And now Nick Smith Jr., 
is out for a while, right? He's rehabbing in LA. Uh, I put it out there the other day that the hope is he will come back. He's only played, I think, three and a half games so far this year. So you're not looking at a full Arkansas team, but again, you don't want to take away what Alabama did going into Bud Walton, a a very, very uh, tough environment and coming away with a win, especially with the first half that, that Brandon Miller played. I mean, Alabama was in the second half is as impressive as a team I've seen all year. I mean, to think that the fact that they have three freshmen that, you know, can go into that type of of an arena. You know, most times when a guy like Brandon Miller, for instance, doesn't score uh, in the first half, you know, it's because he's 0 for 11. He's got two fouls. He's completely rattled. You know, give Arkansas credit. They tried to really take him away, but it didn't fluster him. It didn't frustrate him. And then to see what he did in the second half, um, you know, the back-to-back threes, just the, the, the nail in the coffin at the end. Um, he he is a big-time, big-time player. The maturity, and, right, Mac? The maturity was what sticks out, isn't it? Yeah, and, and you know, just, just to watch him not get frazzled, not not – you know, go to a timeout with his, with his palms up. Like, why, why am I not getting touch? None of that stuff. You know, he wants to win. Yeah. Uh, and then to have the poise to deliver in those big moments after he hasn't been on a roll um, just says a lot about his maturity, his talent level. Um, man, he, he, was, he was super impressive. And then, you know, I just, when I watched Alabama, especially in the first half, you know, obviously they scored a lot in the second half. Yep. But in the first half, their length just around the basket. I felt like Arkansas missed a lot of layups, and it's not because, you know, Arkansas was tight. There was some intimidation around the basket, yeah. trying to get the ball up quickly. They just sort of rolled off the rim, and, you know, the length that Alabama has um, is as good as anybody in the country. It's impressive. Well, the length that Alabama has, and here's the other caveat to this game and this matchup, Jeff, Arkansas is not a great perimeter shooting team. They go two of 10 from three. So you can't drive it on Alabama. They're they're going to protect the rim. And it's not like they could kick it out to somebody who could break the ice. They just packed it in. Alabama defensively just packed it in and absolutely dared Arkansas to shoot it because they can't. Frankly, they can't. You know, Nick Smith, one of their better shooters, Brazil was actually making shots early this season. Not, Not at a high clip, but enough to keep defenses honest. Now there's so much on Ricky Council, and he didn't he didn't do much. Actually, I thought in a way that, and I don't know how you felt, Mac. If you were Arkansas, I know you could look at it in the way of like Alabama. You're you're fortunate because Brandon Miller had done nothing, and you're you're tied. Right. But I thought Arkansas played poorly in the first half, and they still went in tied. And Ricky Council hadn't done anything, and he's like their only dude that to me you can give the ball to and just say, hey, go get go get us a bucket. And he hadn't really done anything. Yeah, I, I just think when I've seen Arkansas at their best this year, a lot of their offense is generated from their defense. You know, they get out in transition. You know, that there's, there's not as much reliance on the three-point shot at that point. Um, not to say they can't execute in the half court, but it's a lot different game when you get guys going to the rim and transition, getting to the foul line. And, you know, that was another Achilles heel uh, really for both teams, you know, but Arkansas especially didn't shoot well from the foul line. And, and I just think that if they're not in a game where they can block shots and get out and transition, it's going to be a tougher game for them, just how their team's built. 
Jeff, I've got to ask you this question here off this win and now at 14 and 2 and 4 and 0 in the SEC. Is there a case to make that Alabama is the best team in the country? You can make a case, sure. Absolutely. I mean, what they've done, I know obviously they lost to, to UConn. Uh, I saw them lose to UConn in Portland. I don't know if I put them at number one, but you can make a case that that Alabama is right there. And, you know, again, the the part that to me is so encouraging if you're Nate Oates is a lot of these kids are freshmen. You know, they're still they, – they've got a long way to grow. Um, and he's going to lose Brandon Miller, he knew. He may lose Noah Clowney because that kid is super talented. I mean, it's 6'10" can step out, can shoot it, can run, can jump, athletic, skill. He's got the whole package. So I, I think, again, if you're looking at Alabama and a team that – now, again, I worry about Alabama. I still think they can have one of those games where they shoot two for 15 from three and they get knocked out early in the tournament, but that's just about anybody. NIL, baby. NIL. It helps. It helps. Brandon Miller, come on back. Man, continue to mature, get bigger, yeah. get stronger, be the SEC player of the year. You know, you know the best thing. Put a little of that football money from Alabama in your pocket, you know, if you're Brandon. And then, you know, keep him around a couple of years, Nate. You know, you know what the greatest thing about Brandon <laughs> Miller and his family talking to people? I, I sat down with him for about 45 minutes in, in great kid. Portland. Great. Great. Unbelievable. Kid. Unbelievable. Legitimately, and I know some kids will say this. And you're like, yeah, you're full of shit. Like NIL does not matter. Like he and his family are legitimately, they're smart enough to understand like whatever it is, 400 grand is going to be nothing at the end of the day. It's it's first contract, second contract in the NBA. This is, this is nothing. And and I don't say that um, because he's not an NBA player, but I think the most important thing that you can do when you come into the league is impact, you know, not be the guy that's sort of, 11th 12th man he's not ready and if if Miller puts himself in a, in a position again he he can do whatever he wants he's that talented but if he puts himself in a position where he goes in and he's producing at the NBA level day one and maybe he can you know I mean there's there's <laughs> there's been other big time freshmen that, that can I guess a large part of that will be sort of play out over the next few months but um, the thing is he has today is it's it's not nothing if you come back to school. <laughs> you you can make good money hey, while Chris, you wait. And Chris, sure. Yeah, he's he's definitely not coming back to school. I, I'm not saying he is. Right. There's this is this is the chance he's got of coming back to school. Uh, um, hopefully, you know, NATO will, won't pull up Rick Barnes with what Rick did to Kevin Durant early and try to convince him to come back to school. Yeah. How about this, Brandon Miller and his mom and dad? come on one of their first unofficial visits to Louisville, right? He's a sophomore. He comes to our Louisville Live, the first thing that, um, you know, we have midnight madness kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Gets out of the car, meet him in the parking lot, never met the kid before. You know, he looks at me, he says, hey, coach, you know, super nice kid, great personality. Obviously, he's a sophomore in high school, so he's a little shy. We walk in the gym, he starts looking around. sees a couple of Adidas logos on the wall. Uh And uh, he, he looks at me and goes, you're not Adidas, are you? Aren't you Nike? And I knew right then I felt like saying, hey, Brandon, let's just walk you back out in the car. Appreciate you coming, you know, by Louisville. <laughs> you know, have a great time on your way. You could just see the energy suck out of his face. You know, it's just like, 
Damn. Speaking of this, and I know, Fana, we, we, you and I talk about this all the time. We, we have a rundown. We have something that we want to do. But, but while we're on this topic, no, no, I want you to talk about the difference in the shoe companies and what it means. Because a lot of fans don't understand the difference between being a Nike school and, and a, not a Nike school, a flagship Nike school um, and an and Adidas school and how difficult it is. Well, I mean, you just look at the NBA players that you know in terms of like what shoe they're wearing, the endorsements. Obviously, it all started way back in the day, you know, MJ and, and um, you know, guys as they come through the grassroots AAU scene. Um, Nike just does an amazing job of getting the better high school players. Um, so that produces the better AAU programs. And it just sort of cycles itself. And then you know, the, the attachment to the, to Nike, to that kid, he wants to follow it when he goes on to college. And, um, you know, it's just really, really difficult. Not that obviously Kansas has been really successful, you know, Louisville uh, as well, but the EYBL, which is grassroots basketball, it's AU basketball in the summer has about 75% of the best high school players in the country. And then Adidas and Under Armour sort of split the other 25%. And that's just not that you can't get a kid, if you're a Nike school and you, and you go after a kid that's maybe in the Adidas AU circuit, right. but it's just generally a little bit more difficult, especially when you're, you know, trying to recruit a kid to an Under Armour school, to an Adidas school. Shouldn't matter as much as it does, but it, it does. Yep. Well, let's get to our guest tonight because then we got a ton of games to get into elsewhere around the country. Nate Oates joined us a little bit ago before Alabama took the trek home to Tuscaloosa. Here's our conversation with the head coach of the 14-2 and two Crimson Tide. Alabama Crimson Tide are 14-2 and two on the season and playing as well as anybody in college basketball. They beat Arkansas 84-69 at Arkansas and were joined by their head coach Nate Oates now. Nate, congratulations on the win and welcome to After Dark. This is a game that's tied up at 33 at the half. You outscore Arkansas 51 to 36 in the final 20 minutes. What changed? I mean, it was really made a big run there at the, uh, at the end of the game to open it up. But I, I you know, we got, had to get Brandon Miller going for one. He went from zero field goal attempts to scoring 14 in the second half. That, you know, that shoot, got to look at the coaches when, yeah, good coaching there. Yeah, no good, doubt. Good, good, him zero field goal. something up for him. No kidding. So, I mean, we got Brandon going. Sears was obviously big the whole game. But I thought we started the second half better. We got some stops. Got Brandon the bucket out of the gate. We got built up a lead. Gave it up. And then extended it out there to close the game in the last four and a half minutes or so. So, I thought, our, you know, we played big road games. We we. Play a tough non-conference schedule. It's the, I believe it's the third top twenty-five uh, team we've beaten on the road. I think Houston was one, and Mississippi State, and now Arkansas. So we, we've our non-conference schedule got us ready to play some of these big games in, in league. And I think our guys, you know, crowd was great until about two minutes, two and a half to go when they cleared out, and our guys kind of cleared them out there in that about two minute stretch from about five minutes to two and a half, three minutes to go. You, you've been gushing about Brandon Miller all year, whether he plays well or doesn't. Like you said, he didn't do anything in the first half. He had no 
field goal attempts whatsoever. How impressive was it that he's not forcing shots, that he's not pouting, any of that stuff? You just don't see it from him as a no, freshman. He's really mature. He cares about the team. He knows – I mean, honestly, he kept coming over, hey, let's run this stuff where he's a screener. Like, they're not going to help off me. Let me set a screen so we can get Sears coming down. Or, you know, so he's he understands that he can do a lot of other things other than score the basketball and help us win. And he he became he's become a lot better screener, you know. And then he got loose. I mean, they, they you can't through the course of 40 minutes just stay glued onto a guy like that's you know, them gluing on to him. He becomes a screener, he also spaces the floor, the, the floor gets wide open for everybody else. You know, so you get Sears, Quinterly getting downhill, you know, Aaron Jordan. So the floor, floor opens up if you're just going to stay glued onto a guy like that too. Nate, what's the one area, you know, as, as you sort of go through the season, obviously you're just starting the SEC gauntlet. You know, what, what what's what's one or two things that, that you really want to see out of your group? Obviously 60% of your start freshmen. And, uh, you know, the way you guys have played as of late has been so impressive, but obviously you want to continue to get better as the season goes on. Is there anything in your mind you see? Yeah, there's been two major points of emphasis here lately. Uh, we rebounded it great early in the year, and we haven't been rebounding it well lately. We got to rebound it better. We were tied with them tonight, 37-37, but we were down early. So, you know, we're improving a little bit there, but it, it had gotten bad over – course for a couple of weeks and then the turnover deal is just kind of our Achilles heel early in the season before tonight we had back-to-back -back games with single digit turnovers so if we can take care of the ball our defense is getting better and better and better yeah so if we can take care of the ball and make teams go against us in half court get get, get back on defense give them nothing in transition like they're not gonna be able to score enough points to beat us most of the time if we can rebound it yeah now, when we're turning it over and giving you layups, you know, we don't give our half-court defense even a chance. So the turnovers and, the, and then second-chance points, too, That's that was our issue. So take care of the ball, start rebounding it better. I think, you know, we're pretty – and then there's obviously a ton of little things you're always trying to improve, but those are the biggest areas we've been talking about. We thank Nate Oates for joining us. Always frantic after a game, you got to get home. And he took a couple minutes of his time, which we really appreciate. Let's turn to Arkansas now, gentlemen. They lose this game at home by 15. Obviously, they've been dealt a tough hand with injuries and whatnot. But by the same token, they're 12-4 and four now. What should the concern meter be? What's the temperature of the Razorbacks, Goody? It's, it depends all on Nick Smith, Jr. You know, and if he comes back and he comes back by you know, the first week of February, and Mac will have a better idea on this. You know, he's only played three and a half games all year. So he, he was hurt to start the year, came back, hurt again, knee management, again, working out in L.A. The hope is and the plan is for him to come back if he's 100%. Now, obviously, everybody's thinking, well, he's got Rich Paul as his agent. They're going to shut him down. They're going to protect his draft stock. The only thing I'll say to that is he, he came back several – he's been hurt a couple times already, you know, on, on their overseas trip in the summer played, came back. So I, I think the hope again, and, and the plan is for him to come back. Mac, when, when did they need him back? Cause he's not coming back in January. Musselman already said that. Uh, when did they need him back? Is there a certain point when you think he's got to be back in order for Arkansas to have a shot this year? 
Um, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, I do think that, you know, trying to figure out how to play without your two best players. Um, and here, here's the thing, you know, they, they, they didn't lose to little sisters of the poor. No, you know, they, they did they, not. I mean, no. they lost to a, a team that really good, really good. And they, and they were playing with them in the first half. I, I think that shooting is obviously an issue, you know, uh, not only from the three-point line, but even when they got to the foul line, I, I think that's something that they have to do a better job of uh, as the year progresses. I think they've got to get some plays in the half court where the ball's either getting posted or going downhill. Um, so again, they can get to the foul line and they have to convert making free throws is a lot easier than making three pointers. If that's not your, not, not your strength, but they have to find a way to manufacture baskets and points in the half court because good teams are going to put them there and they're not going to be able to just rely out and transition and rely on defense turning to offense. But I mean, the faster they get Nick Smith back, the better, obviously. They like, don't is there the a point? The like if it's you tough. get to like February 15th, he's a freshman too. It's not like you're bringing back a junior. It, you yeah, know, I mean, Hey, right. anytime you can get them back, I mean, they'll, they'll hold their own all the way uh, until that time comes. I mean, you know, Kyrie Irvin, you know, and again, I'm not saying he's Kyrie Irvin, but I remember he didn't play all year and came back and was given buckets in his final game. So if he can get healthy, you know, he's obviously uh, one of the top five freshmen in the country for a reason. Well, couldn't his people say, yeah, why go back? They could. You know, it happens yeah. in they college may. football. It happens in right. basketball. You he can- wants to play. Like and I've been told over and over and over, this kid does not want to shut it down. He is I love to hear that. You know, he I love wants to, to play. I, his family wants him to play, but they also, you want to protect him because if he goes out there at 90% and he's not himself, then yes, he goes from where he's a top five pick to where people start, NBA people are watching and they start questioning and then he becomes, you know, a late first round pick. Yeah, they won't question his toughness, but I don't think they'll put him out there if, if he's if he can't help the team. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be smart about it, but it is good to hear that he wants to play. You know, so often it's the opposite. Yeah. All right, let's turn to the Big East. There were two heavyweight matchups in this conference tonight, one ranked versus ranked in Milwaukee. Number six, UConn at number 25, Marquette. Marquette wins this game 82 to 76 UConn has a number six next to their name in the AP poll. They're currently four and three in conference play. Meanwhile, in Cincinnati, if you liked offense, this was a treat. Xavier Creighton was such a high-level game offensively. Xavier wins 90 to 87. The Xavier Musketeers have won 10 straight. 10 straight. They are 6-0 and in the Big East and of Brief standings check. Who would have thunk in October that it would be Providence at six and zero, Xavier at six and zero, Marquette at six and one, then Jeff Goodman, UConn's four and three, and Creighton's three and three. It's um, yeah. I mean, Providence is the one that that shocks me the most. Xavier surprises me. Providence shocks me at the top of the league. And and again, you know, a lot of it early on in the season is about matchups where you're playing who you're playing when and where so it's sometimes you you get all caught up in it somebody's record early and then it catches up with them a little bit you know it's front loaded mac knows this and Um, and that's that's my that's my thing with uconn yeah you know i mean like 
the, the great thing about the Big East is they play everybody round robin style. You know, there's 20 league games. They play everybody home and away. There's none of that. Well, that team didn't have to play at, you know, uh, Creighton. They didn't have to play at Xavier. None of that. You love that so, when you were Xavier, right? Yeah, it was incredible. Yeah. You know, it, it was it was fair. There was a champion crown because everybody played under the same circumstances. Yeah, sometimes you maybe had a 36-hour turnaround. The other team right. had a 72. But let's be honest. You get home and away. It equaled out. That's, for the that's, that's a big part of it. I wouldn't – I mean, the Big East is one of the best conferences in the country, period. And then you look at it, and they've lost at Providence – a zoo they've lost at xavier a zoo and i I didn't see a a ton of the game tonight but at marquette marquette's a great team so it's like let's let's talk about uconn in in three or four weeks when they've rattled off five or six wins in a row and you know i I just don't want to bury anybody because i think they're really talented and they play hard yep that being said and i agree with everything you just said what is it that these three games, because other than, than these three, UConn's gone, gone unscathed. What is it, Jeff, about these visits to Providence, Xavier, Marquette, that you take away for UConn that they've got to figure out? Well, I think Danny Hurley said it, right? I mean, like, are we tough enough? Are we mentally tough enough? We won in Portland, and that was a big step for them to take. But then it's like, okay, in Portland, it's different. Nobody was there. Like they had home court advantage, to be honest, in Portland, if anybody did. And and, uh, often nobody was in the stance for a lot of those games. Now you go into hostile environments. You're still a team and a program that hasn't really done anything going into this year. You know, you went to the NCAA tournament, but you lost in the first round last year. Yeah, they've taken steps, but I'm not sure they were ready for the number one ranking. I'm not sure they had really earned the number one ranking at that point. And again, you go into Providence, we know how tough it is, Fanta. We've like Providence is unbelievable the last couple of years. Xavier's always elite, like like Max said. And yeah. Marquette's pretty tough to win. And you know, then I, I you wonder like, does it get in your head a little bit? You know, you start losing these road games and you know Jordan Hawkins struggled tonight. And he's who, who do you think down the stretch, Jeff, their go to guy is? They don't have one. And That's I the think they don't have a point guard. And anytime your best player is a, is a big guy that sort of needs the ball, yeah. I'm not saying it, it can't be done, but it can become difficult. You know, teams are, are doubling him, they're fronting him, they're not allowing him to catch the ball. Um, and, and everybody Maybe your on best the team, two players back. Maybe your right. best two players are bigs right now. Right, right. Yeah. You're, yeah. Everybody on the team defers and knows he's your best player, but we can't really get him the ball in spots. And I'm not saying that's that's what, what's necessarily going on with Sonogo, but like that can become an issue with teams when, when their big guys are their best players. And to your point, in the last two minutes of the game tonight, when the going got tough, Hawkins actually got UConn a pulse. He hit a three, and then he was able to force a turnover. It was too but late. It, but it was too late. But when Marquette needed to make finishing plays, Cam Jones comes up with a dagger three. Tyler Cola comes up with the key dish. And before we get back to Connecticut, guys, Marquette was picked to finish. Oh, my goodness gracious. Forget everything that we just did. Little surprise for you boys. Little oh. surprise. Little. Big surprise. This is a big surprise. Big surprise. <laughs> Coach. <laughs> How are you doing? Wait, I've been waiting to Welcome say this on this. Dark. 
I've been waiting to say this on this show for a year. It's Miller time on After Dark. We're back. We're back. We're back. That's right. We're back, and we added we added Mac to the equation. Yeah, there we, we go. got rid of Arch. Hey, we got rid of Arch, and we got Mac in now. Coach Mac, good to see you behind the microphone, man. How you enjoyed I it? I appreciate it, man. Congrats on a great win tonight. Thank you. I I appreciate it. It was uh, it was a heck of a game. You know, I'm sure you guys followed or watched yep. it. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I really mean it. Like Creighton. Uh, you know, their record says one thing, but I think if you look at their strength of schedule, uh, the fact that uh, Kalkbrenner was out. Yeah, Kalkbrenner's out, and he went out at a tough time. Um, I think the next eight weeks will really play it out that they'll be uh, really a tough team. You know, Hard that, to defend. No, oh, man. And it was as fast of a game, I think, yeah. as, as I've coached in, really. I mean, really? Uh, the pace of play and, you know, both teams – push the ball uh you know for a while there it was just like whatever team i think can get a couple stops might might end up winning so i'm glad i'm glad it was us i'll ask the first question since you two were surprised by his uh presence here tonight um I, i've said this sean i think you guys have a chance to go deep in the tournament because you have something that very few teams have two guards veteran guards who can put it on the floor, they can score from all three levels, they can make plays for themselves and for their, their teammates. I, I don't know another team. I'm not sure there's another team in the country that has that. And I know, you know, you were we were talking in, in Portland and you were like, you know, I want Kobe to do more. I want him to be a little bit more assertive, more aggressive. Uh, Sule has been awesome. I think he's been the best transfer in the country. I, I really believe that. Yeah, you know, it's about Sule, uh, we were talking tonight, Chris, you know, he reminds me a lot of, of two Holloway. You know, if, if you think about how two, you know, at the end of games, mm-hmm. how he, he just had the ability to not only make every free throw that he took, but make the big play, you know, Sule, you know, to this point is really, I mean, he's been a godsend for us, but like in that game tonight, he had zero turnovers. And in fact, he just had zero turnovers in the game that fast. I think says a lot about it, his ability, but, you know, you say, well, he had 20 some points, eight assists and zero turnovers. I mean, he, he's really been great. And, uh, you know, I, I would say to talk to you a little bit about Colby, you know, the two way player, sometimes we like to talk about that. And he, he's the ultimate example of that. He, he really can do Made it a huge that. defensive play down the stretch. He did. Huge. Sean, you know, I, I didn't know, I didn't know who Suli Boom was. Mm-hmm. Was has he always been a point guard? No, uh, as a matter of fact, I think that you know if there were any naysayers or people that would discourage us, it would be like, hey, he's more wired to be a two guard. But right. Chris, you know, you know as well as I do, like the games change so much. It's just it's nice when the guards that you have on your team can score too, <laughs> and uh, you know whether it's the ability to shoot the three point shot or kind of create their own offense. And uh, so, but, you know, Sule is a great kid first and foremost, you could probably tell just how he interacts with people. And sometimes when you get that transfer and they're only going to be with you for a year, you don't really know how the, the chemistry is going to work, but he's really helped our chemistry because he, he's such a great kid. Yeah, John, when we talked last week, we were talking about entering this league. And you had said, it's better than I thought. And, and you thought highly of it coming in, but you had never faced Greg McDermott. This matchup tonight, like, 
what's your takeaway going up against him on the other side? And just the type of game that was in that matchup. It just it felt like chess all night. It felt like maybe the, the team that has the ball last is going to win this game. Yeah, I mean, uh, Greg McDermott, obviously, is a heck of a coach. And, and they have some really – I mean, they're really difficult to defend. Um, but to answer your question about the Big East, uh, and Chris knows that he lived it, man, it just – there's really no break. You know, there's no easy moment. Even the places you play, like – you know, playing at Karnasaka, playing St. John's is just tough, man, right in the city there. Uh, and, you know, they have a really unique style. And that's that's the other part. Like, you play that against that style, and then you play Villanova. That's a completely different style. And then we went from Villanova style to Creighton. You're talking about three different types, right? So uh, I think not only do you have, you know, good coaches, good players and teams, programs, but – I think the style of the Big East right now is uh, it's spectacular. It really is. I mean, the next game we play is Marquette, and heck, you can make the argument that they may be may be better than any team we've played. Hey, coach, I know you're you're wired into your season Big East play. How's my how's my team? How's my team? How's my team doing down in the Natty? No, I'm, I'm in the Natty, so there might be. I'm rolling with the Bengals, Chris. I'm rolling. Is, is this is this is this recorded, Fanta? Yeah. No, 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 no. Is what? this recorded? He's jumping off the Steelers wagon. Oh, no, I'm not. I'm oh, not. Oh no, but no. I, just, I do have the right. You just jumped. You just jumped. So you can use your terrible towel and wipe your ass with it. <laughs> if you're jumping, if you're jumping, a Steeler fan shouldn't be jumping around. All right, wait, wait, wait. Before we I, I, get first that. of all, look, I have to. I, I can take coaching. You're correct. I am a Steelers diehard. I'm trying to give myself a little credibility in Cincinnati right now. The Bengals are hot. I got no play here, so you're right. I roll. I live and die with the Steelers, but I do respect Joe Joe Burrow and the Bengals. And right now, Steelers are out of it, so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cheer for the Bengals. I'll never cheer for the Browns. Hey, Mac, Mac, how many years, how many years did you work for Sean? Uh, five years. All right. Give me your favorite five short years. <laughs> give me your favorite Sean's story. Oh give give me God. something good. Give me something good here. Miller, I can't go there, man. I, I mean, I first can't. of all, wait, wait, no, no, no. Mac. <laughs> look at him. Don't. I'm gonna say, I didn't come on after dark for any of this. Right. You're right. I, I'm trying to be a good guy here. You know, yeah, you know I'm smarter than that. We're family. You know I'm smarter than this. I'm getting something out of one of you two on each other. I mean, yeah, look, I'm going to say it on a serious note. We had a great, a great run, and then obviously Chris took over and had a great run himself. But in those five years, one of the things that was so awesome looking back on it is we we were in the Atlantic Ten at a really cool time. I mean, John Cheney at Temple, Phil Martelli. I mean, you know, you look at Delonte West and Jameer Nelson and those types of teams. And I mean, Fran, Fran Dumphy, you know, he eventually came in, but like UMass, St. Bonaventure, it was a, it was a great conference for young coaches to grow and learn. And I look back on those days, you know, with a lot of uh, great memories. Who's the toughest dude? You are known for your toughness, right? Who's the toughest dude you ever coached? Player? Yes, ever. Who's the one guy you want to go to? Like, you want to bring somebody down to Rucker Park. Who is it? 
you know, I'm, there's a guy here in town. His name's C.J. Anderson. I knew we and, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I I I would pick him up right away, and then in case we needed a bigger guy, I'd bring Aiton with me from Arizona. But C.J. Anderson, C.J. Anderson, in his day, leadership, bigger the game, I think, the the, the better he was, and he, he really played to win. I mean, he he could care less how many points he scored. And and the other thing is he loved the game, Chris, didn't he? I mean, yeah. he, he just, like, even practice, like, he, he valued competition. And yeah. uh, he, he, he was that kid that when the game was over, we won a big game, he, he would never look at the stat sheet. Like, he, he did not care. And I, and I, I mean, like he didn't do it, you know, behind closed door. Like he never, he could care less. He yeah. just wanted to win. Yeah. All right. We have a guy. I, we also recruited a guy, Jason Love, and you know, I, I coached him at the beginning, and Chris coached him for the rest of his career. And I saw him at Villanova, by the way, Chris. He yep. works for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, he's one of their player development coaches. Joel Embiid and him have their own special relationship, but just kind of watching what he's become. I know he worked for you at Louisville as well, but yep. he's the all-time winningest player. And uh, like when we recruited him, not a lot of fanfare, another guy that, you know, and I think that's the beauty of being at Xavier, you know, Jeff and John, like you, you really can get some guys that just, you know, they, they're, they're about the team and, and they believe, they believe in the place, you know, they haven't been lauded with great accolades since they've been young and they, they, uh, they love this place, you know, and you, you can kind of coach them like that. Before we let you go, want to make you aware of a couple of, of news items on the company front. Yeah. So, so Max contract at Field of 68, he gets paid in Applebee's gift cards. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said to him, um, we were talking about Cincinnati, you know, because he, he was around and uh, I said, you know, you hit up the precinct or Ruby's or, you know, Montgomery yep. Inn. And what'd you say to me? Skyline. Skyline's hard to beat. It really is. Yeah. Back I, I in the day, beat, I'd pull I can beat it with a lot of things. I can yeah. beat it with a lot of things down here in Charleston. A lot. <laughs> like everything. By the way, why are you in Charleston? I'm confused. Like, well, I'm never leaving. Boston. Um, why, why would, if you lived in Boston in the winter, where the hell would you rather be? Charleston or Boston? Boston. I'd rather what, go to Celtics. Are you in your mind? Go <laughs> to Providence, Trump? UConn games on, on the week. I mean, exactly. Charleston, <laughs> stop. Hey, have you looked? Charleston won today again. They got the longest winning streak in the country. Yeah, I know Pat Kelsey. He's doing a great job. You guys know. You guys know Kelsey. All right, yep. last question I have for you, Sean. In honor of the shirt that Mac is wearing right now, <laughs> which character on Seinfeld? is most like Chris Mack. Miller might not be able to, to even name one character. Come on, on is that true? Nothing? No, I mean, this guy, I, he doesn't watch it. television. He only, <laughs> he only watches film. Yeah. Have, have you changed? All right, so I'll, I'll, I'll spare you of that one. But I do yeah. want, this is the other question I have for you. How much have you changed, Sean, in terms of... <laughs> the relentlessness that you coached with previously and how wired you were, have you, cause you, we talked about this a little bit last year about how you wanted to come back and be a little bit kinder, gentler, mellower Sean Miller. Yeah. Um, tonight I saw a little bit of a, a, a head tap. It was like a love head tap. It was, I, just so you know, that was, that was that a pure encouragement. Yes. We could yeah, tell. We, even we got that. your back there. We got your back. Thank you. 
Uh, you don't have to explain it to us. That's uh, right. We know. Be a hey. press conference tomorrow at two. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Goodman headbutted me at the final four when I Dalster broke my nose and they didn't get yeah. fired. So go, you're fine. But, but no, you know, like look, as you get older, I mean you get wiser. The year off uh was great for me. Um, you know, you you try, you know, you I think you try to see things and, and just generally speaking, you do see things maybe clearer. Um, you just when you're, you know, kind of away from it, you, you recognize maybe it's something, there's some things you, you, why didn't I appreciate this more? And if I get the next opportunity, uh, I'll, I'll be better at appreciating that more. But some of it is honestly me being on with you guys, you know, when the game ends, uh, being able to take a deep breath and not go to the next game, but really just take a deep breath to kind of say, you know what, tonight was great. We won a hard fought game and uh, take it all in. And then when you wake, wake up tomorrow, maybe, you do a better job of moving on um, perspective and, uh, you know, lessons, lessons learned. Oh, this has been Miller time. Sean Miller. Thank- your, do you have a, do you have a, uh, are you going to, going to drink one for me? Oh, I will. I oh, wasn't got a blue moon here for me. Yeah. He's got, <laughs> yeah. He's got his beers on hand in Charleston, yeah, but it, tell you what, Sunday in Cincinnati is a sports fans dream at high noon. Yep. Eastern time, big broadcast TV, the games on Fox. You guys are hosting Marquette, who's yep. won a, who's won 11 of 13. You've won 10 in a row. Then at, just after 8 o'clock, the Bengals host the Raiders. Yep. So Sunday, no Sunday in Cincinnati is going to be a scene. Mac, are you going to be at both? I'm going to be in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, watching my girls play volleyball. <laughs> but I, I will be at a Hooters or a, a Roosters or somewhere with my wife watching the Bengals. You're not going to bring Christy to Hooters. Do not bring Christy to Hooters. Come on. Be a little classier than that. <laughs> a little classier than that. All right. I'll figure it out. Roosters. Roosters is better. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, hey, they say Cincinnati's God's country. There you go. Sunday, it'll definitely. <laughs> who, said, who's, who the hell said that? A lot of people. It is. It is God's country. It's a place of faith. Hey, Sean, uh, checks, checks coming in the mail from Dallister and Goodman here. That's right. Next hey, I always, I always roll with you guys. You were with me when no one else was. So thank you. Forever. Congrats, John. We'll Congrats. see you later. Thanks Matt, for great on. seeing you, brother. All Enjoy right, that sun. All right, see you guys. Oh, Go man. Steelers. <laughs> that was – that's the best surprise you've ever given, Goodman. Well, ever. I'm glad. I'm glad. Ever. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I figured it would be good for both of you guys. I figured you both have fun with that. Oh, that was, and you know what? I'll tell you what, it's, it's really something to see 
what he's brought yes. back to yep. Xavier. Yep. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to say this right now pretty candidly. Uh, Chris, when, when I was starting out covering the sport, you always gave me a shot, and um, you did an amazing job at Xavier. You elevated Xavier. The, the move to the Big East, I, I, I can't stop thinking about that regular season championship where everybody's on the floor in the Big East. I know you remember that night. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I'll say this. Um, I'm happy that Travis Steele has a head coaching job because Travis is a really good guy. And you know what? Sometimes sometimes in this industry, life life goes as life goes. Yep. And, um, and to see Xavier look like Xavier again is good for college hoops. And that building is going to be on fire Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You know what, too? I think people, Chris, forgot about what a good coach John Miller is because of all the shit that he went through. You know what I mean? I think people just forgot. They forgot, like, he had Arizona to three elite eights. Yeah. You know, like, he's such a good coach. And I actually think the year off did help him. Great, great coach. He's a great coach. He, yep. he, he um, knows how to get up a player's ass. You know, he also knows how to make those guys, you know, want to run through a wall for him, which is a fine line, you know, because there's some guys you get up their ass and it's like they, they don't want to play for you then, you know. And then I, I think that, like, again, he's got really skilled players. I think he'd be the first to say that. But their offense moves differently. You know, it, it flows differently. And, you know, a lot of times people will say you need that that skilled four, that that six-foot-five guard that plays the four. Like, he's doing it with Nunji, and he's doing it with Fremantle. And that's not to discredit that those guys' perimeter skills, you know, uh, but their bodies move differently because they're damn near seven feet tall. And to have both of those guys on the floor and have a free-flowing offense that moves the way it does and scores the amount of points, I do think they have to get tougher defensively. I think that's probably driving Sean um, yeah. crazy yeah. a little bit, but they can score with, with anybody and they have. Um, but, you know, to, to, to one last point I'd like to make when you say, Hey, I think it's changed him a little bit. But let's get him on after a loss. I want, I want to, I want to <laughs> see how we don't he, do uh... that. We don't do that. <laughs> we, we make sure we bring people on after wins. Exactly. So they're happy. They're I'm smiling. Kidding. We don't need to see miserable Sean Miller. <laughs> great to see and great to have him and at the end of the day jeff to your point the man's won 75 percent of the game he can coach coaching in college yeah. so he can coach all right we've got we're at 11 44 so we have got to hit on a bunch of different topics here jeff goodman spin the wheel for us here there, there's a bunch of different ways you could go tonight what's the next thing that you take i'm away? going to indiana i'm sure. going to my poor daughter because her hopes, man, they were so high going into her freshman year. She's all excited about Indiana basketball. They're picked to win the Big Ten. Uh, everything's good, right? It's going to be easy. She doesn't know any better. And uh, Xavier Johnson gets hurt. I mean, think about it. Indiana won at Xavier. They won at Xavier. That's a hell of a win. You look at it now. It's one of the best wins in the country. But Xavier Johnson goes down. And then the whole season changed at Iowa they're up 20 and then race Thompson goes down and race was dominating at that point and the whole game flipped and they end up losing that game and you don't have a race and then you lose the last game Northwestern at home brutal beat 
I mean, it kills you. And then tonight, you go to Penn State and you get blown out. Blown out. You're not guarding the three-point line at all. Again, you know, Trace Jackson Davis got too much on his plate. He's battling a back injury. You know, I know I'm, I'm coming up with excuses right here, Mac, but I think they're valid excuses. I, I really do. Well, we talked about this before air, and, um, you know, I, I think I'm a little bit more empathetic than you are. Yeah. You know, I, I think that, like, you know, I, I said them losing Race Thompson was a killer, and you're like, ah, he averages whatever he averages, you know. But I, I think that when you think about Xavier Johnson and you think about Race Thompson, what I think about most is their competitiveness, their toughness, their yep. nastiness. And the fact is, to, to me, if they're going to be a really good team, they're, they're going to have to have that type of identity. You know, it, it just can't be all skills and, and, and shooting the ball. And that's a big part of it. But that toughness has been lost a little bit because those were the two toughest players, in my opinion. Yeah. And so it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I was a tough place to play. Um, Penn State's got a really good team. Uh, but they're going to have to figure out just those intangibles with, with losing those two guys. At this point, it's just get in the tournament. That's what I told my daughter tonight. I'm like, you just, you need them to get in the NCAA tournament yeah. in any way they can. And, you know, they're not going to win the league now. We know that they're, they're what, one and three. What are they? One and three now in the league. Um, you know, they, they got to find a way and they've got two great players to me, Jalen Hood, Chifino. You know, this is – it's a tough one because Xavier Johnson going down was like a double whammy. They're one and four. They, they lost Xavier Johnson, and they're going to lose Jalen Huchifino after his freshman year because of that, where they probably would have kept him maybe for another year because he wouldn't have put up these numbers. He wouldn't have got all the opportunities he's getting now and had to shoulder the load. Um, but, yeah, I mean, listen, you know, to me, they hadn't really proven anything to warrant – Big Ten preseason favorite, but you got to give it to somebody. And they returned everybody from a team that ended up going to the tournament last year. They're one and four in the Big Ten. One and four. One and they four. are they are home. They're thirteenth right now. It's early, but but still, I mean, you, you've lost to Penn State and you lost at home to Northwestern. Right. So when you when you do that now, Saturday they're home to Wisconsin. Then they're at Illinois. And then they play Michigan State. There's no easy ones really in that league right now, other than Minnesota. Is they have them only. January 25th. Yeah. But you got to win this one against Wisconsin at home. It kind of it's it's not a must win, but it's kind of a stop the bleeding. You need to win. Hmm. Well, look, Penn State, no question. A hat tip to Micah Shrewsbury overall. Yeah. I mean, what he's done there and, and now in his second year, that was yep. a that, right, Jeff. That was a home run hire for Penn State, which I wasn't sure it would be. Listen, I love Micah. I've known Micah forever, obviously, from his days at Butler, Purdue, Celtics. I've been around Micah a lot. Micah is like the nicest human being on the planet. I wasn't sure. I felt like, you know what, Micah would be better in the Midwest somewhere in the Missouri Valley. And when he got Penn State, I was a little bit worried for him. You know, he didn't get UMass. He tried to get UMass, tried to get BC. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, man, Boston, it just doesn't. I know he's with the Celtics, but it doesn't really fit him. But Penn State's such a tough job. But, mm -hmm. you know, again, he's got older dudes right now. They don't have a lot of size. But, man, they can shoot the hell out of the ball. And they've got, honestly, 
as good a guard as, as there is <clears throat> maybe in the country in Jalen Pickett. Yeah. I mean, it's, that, that's just a, uh, that's a tough job, <laughs> tough job, you know, and, and, you know, the fact is what, what he's done in a year and a half has been, uh, has been remarkable, you know, and, and, all you have to do is get that track record going, having a really good year. The transfer portal will then, you know, keep recycling and, right. and keep refreshing yes. itself. Um, you know, Mike, is, that's a big win for them tonight, regardless of where Indiana's at and in their own heads. It was a big win sure. for them. And, and uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised when they have more wins like that the rest of the way. Yeah. Do you think well, they can keep it going? Do you think they can sustain this and get in the NCAA tournament? Again, they have they have a league that's filled with those type of opportunities, right. and you know the, the 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 more momentum they get with games like Indiana, make those other games that are that are coming to Penn State, um, you know, even more exciting for students and fans, and and to get that place raucous and with the way they shoot the ball, you know, you come out and you get up eleven to two, and your students are jumping. Yep, it, it's a hard place to play. Two things about Penn State that make you believe, at least make me believe. Number one, to your point, Chris, sometimes when you're first winning again, there's then that extra sense of energy from your fan base. Like for a Penn State fan, this is really cool. They haven't had this type right. of, of basketball passion at this stage of the year. It feels like in a little bit. Here's the other thing. They had it the bubble. Remember, they had it the year that the tournament was scrapped. They were going right. to go under Pat Chambers. 100%. They they were and, going. And, and it was not dumb. digging on Pat at all because he, he was doing a good job. Obviously, we know you know why he got let go and everything, but you know, he, he was doing a good job. It's just it's it's a traditionally hard and difficult place for them to really place well in the Big Ten. Just diff. And to the the other point, the last thought was a lot of times when they step on the floor, they've got a player that can match go mano imano with whoever the, the star player is on the other <clears> side, Jalen Pickett is having an incredible season. And on a night, guys, where he only scores 12 points, he had eight assists. You talk about how do you have go-to shot makers? Penn State's got shot makers. Andrew Funk goes for 23. Seth Lundy goes for 25. They can really light you up from three. And Pickett takes care of the ball. He's he's older. He makes good decisions. And like you said tonight, it's like, oh, my dudes are making shots. I don't need to score. I'll get my 10 or 12, and I'm good if we win. And I think – he now sees the value, and a lot of those kids do, right? A lot As you get older, you understand the value of winning over, like Chris said, like early on, you're a freshman, what are you doing after the game? You're looking at the box score. That's the first thing you're doing. And as you get older, hopefully you understand, you learn, like, all right, winning. Winning will – Jalen Pickett, he's getting a ton of attention right now, more than he's ever gotten. Why? Because they're winning. Yep. Truth. All right, we're into that last four-minute war. As as Chris Mack likes to say, because we got a couple different topics we got to hit on yeah. here. Here's the final score tonight down in Orlando. UCF 107, Memphis 104 in double overtime on a night where Kendrick Davis went for 42 points. Memphis falls to 12 and 5. Jeff Goodman, your reaction. Well, here's my deal. Um, I love Penny Hardaway. Um, I do. I, I absolutely love him. They went to the tournament last year. It was the first time in four years. Kind of saved his job a little bit. I mean, again, it's hard to say that because he's Penny Hardaway. So they're never like Patrick Ewing right now. Like you, you got to go over forever 
to lose your job when you're Patrick Ewing or Penny Hardaway at, at, at your spot, at your alma mater. Um, but I think, you know, Penny, it was important that he get him in the tournament last year. He told me that before the year last year. He was like, tournament or bust? Well, tournament. But now you pick up this year, you've got arguably the most coveted player in the transfer, Kendrick Davis from SMU, terrific veteran guard. You got DeAndre Williams, another veteran who's been around for a long time. So you, you've gone the opposite route of what you did with what, you know, the, the J, James Wiseman, Precious Achua, that year you were too young. Now you're older. Um, but you can't lose games like you're losing right now. You lost to Tulane, and then you lose. There's no shame in losing at Central Florida. They're a good team. They, they're a really good team. But ultimately, you got to win those games if you're going to be a locked tournament team and be somebody that we're talking about and, and dangerous. Um so I, their best win is Auburn. Other than that, they haven't really beaten anybody of note so far this year. So I'm not exactly blown away by what Memphis has done this year. He's, I mean, he's got he's got the guys that can score, you know, as evidenced by tonight. Um, you know, you give up 16 made threes, you know, on Central Florida's home floor, obviously. Um, that's not going to get it done. They shot almost 50% from the three-point line. Those guys got to guard better. And they've got to be able to, you know, do it on the road. You know, defense has to travel. Um, you know, it's tough to 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 really get traction in your league and get traction in the country if you're only playing, you know, offense. And and those guys, at least tonight, they didn't defend very well, if at all. It's interesting here when you look at Memphis. NCAA tournament resume is now interesting in terms of it's the fact like, that it's, it's not it's, great. Yeah, like it's unimpressive to me. It's not, but but again, listen, we need 68 teams. You got to fill out the field. So you're going to have yeah. some teams at that bubble there that, that aren't going to have a ton of resume wins. Um, you and still got, I mean, you still got two months. You still but, got but, two months. But here's the deal, Chris. Not I know they're league, not though. in the Big Ten. I know not they're not in the, in the Big league. East. I you get have that. two games. Yep. You have two Houston. games. Yep. Houston. That's it that you're going to get resume wins. You helped out Central Florida now. They may be on the bubble. You probably put them on the bubble tonight. But ultimately, there's two resume wins, and you better pray Auburn does well this year. Yeah. You currently sit, and this is before it gets updated, at 57 in the net. The two teams that are in front of you, this describes where you fall when we talk resume at the moment. Iona and Dayton. Just saying, it's not like it's overly impressive, and it's not like there's a ton of opportunities in that league to make it that much more impressive. All right, let's turn to Cameron Indoor Stadium tonight. All right, I'm making now. I'm going. I'm, I'm. I'm making an executive decision here. TCU, Texas. Yep. There you go. We gotta go to Texas. We gotta let's, go to Texas. Let's do it. So that's the bigger story. Yes. Like Duke winning is Duke winning. They came back. Texas winning. That's a, that's a story that is going to – it's going to be interesting all year, right? All year now. You know, Chris Beard's fired. Rodney Terry's been the acting head coach now for the better part of the last month, right? And he's 7-1 and one now. They came back. They were dead tonight at home against TCU. A week ago, Kansas State beat them at the Moody – center and they put up 116 on them. 116. Now they bounced back last game and they got a good win against Oklahoma State um, but this was a big one for them and to beat TCU listen I didn't think Rodney Terry would have a shot in hell 
of keeping this job. And I'm still not sure he does. I, I think he's got to go to an elite eight. But you know what? You win enough games, you get a high seed. Then you, you get your players behind you, right, Chris? That's yeah. the most important thing, isn't it, right now? Getting these kids to play for you, to believe in you, not to give up with all the adversity they've had to deal with. Yeah, and I, I think Rodney's smart enough to put the attention, the focus on the players. You know, that's a tough situation where coach gets let go uh, middle of the year. They were they were rolling. Um you know, I, I really worried that it was going to quickly go downhill. They had that tough game. I think it was against Rice right out the shoot the day it happened. And uh, they were able to overcome a deficit, win the game. Um, the sustainability is a storyline that, that I'm going to like to watch over the next two months. Yeah. You know, because, again, the, the entire stamp that, that Coach Beard had on that program and, and the thoughts that, that he has are completely different from, you know, another man, Rodney Terry. You know, again, they were in the same staff. They're in the same meetings, but you're going you're gonna to convey things differently. You know, things are going to be a little bit more important to you. Um, it'll be very interesting to see how that sort of sustained throughout the year. And rooting for him, seems like he's off to obviously a great start. Tonight was a huge win. TCU was handling the game 75% of the couple game. Of times. Yeah, yeah, a couple times. Like Texas cut it a few times and they kept pulling away. And yeah. You know, the, the good thing for Rodney Terry is he's got these guys that, that didn't just get there this year. They've been there, like Timmy Allen, Marcus Carr, Dylan Dusu, Christian Bishop. They've always been in Austin for a year. I think if this ha had happened last year, it would have been a shit show. Yeah, I, I think because they've been there and they got, I'm telling you, one of the most mature freshmen I've ever, ever been around, Dylan Mitchell. And that helps too, because yeah. Dylan Mitchell – he might be a lottery pick. And their backcourt. And their backcourt. <laughs> yeah, they're tough. They're tough. They're good. tough dudes who are they're old. Good. And you needed mature older older guys. And and Tyrese Hunter makes Marcus Carr a better player, period. And Tyrese Hunter and Marcus Carr combined for 13 assists tonight to just two turnovers against a TCU team that's very good defensively. The fact that Texas put up 50 points in the final 20 minutes, to put a 50-point half up on Jamie Dixon and TCU, I got a lot of respect for that TCU team. I mean, they're yeah. a good team, guys. And they got guards, veteran guards. So, like, to, you know, when you got them, like to me, when Texas TCU's up and they had a chance to kind of put them away and they didn't, that says a lot about Texas. You, you know, you know one more thought on that, Jeff, like here's the game where Texas falls behind by 13 at the half. But when they got back in the game, there's that atmosphere. That new building gives them an actual home court that can get buzzing. And I got to tell you, like, that's a huge resource and an added benefit for whoever's walking into the, the job. Whoever takes that job next, it's great. It, it's certainly way better than it was. Oh, Chris, we've both been there, Fan and I, this year, the Moody uh, Center, and it is. I mean, thrill you should go see, like, Kid Rock there. because it's. Well, it's what was, what was the old arena called? Oh, um, um, Irwin. Irwin yeah, Center. Irwin Center. It was terrible. 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 So this place is nice. And like Fanna said, they got some juice. They got some pop there. At least they have a little, you know. It's not Duke, it's not Kansas, but it's a home court advantage where there really wasn't one, certainly over the last you know six, seven, eight years at the Irwin Center.
All right, I tee you up here at 12.01. Is there any direction elsewhere, or can we get to three toasts? I would mention a few things. I wouldn't have to go deep into it, but give I would mention good, a couple. Give us some Goodman tippings, because there's plenty of directions. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, like Buzz Williams. He's kind of doing it again. I know that's your guy, Mac. Um, I mean, Coach Buzz. They've won five in a row. Uh, the the Buzz saw um, last <laughs> year. Remember, he wrote that. He wrote that tribe uh, about why they should get in the tournament. It was like a forty page document that he started reading up on the podium. They should have. Uh, you know, I don't. Hopefully, he's not going to have to do that again. But you know, he's got a tough team. Um, this was a big win against a Missouri team that they needed to beat at home to, to, you know, Missouri's right now a resume win. I don't know if Missouri's going to stay or like, that's going to be an interesting one. I'm going to see Missouri next week at home against Arkansas. And that's going to be a big game for both teams. Like Missouri's one of those teams where sometimes again, like I remember it years ago with, with Andy Kennedy did it. And it was mostly in the non-conference with Andy Kennedy at Ole Miss. They got off to like a 13 and 0 start. And you just knew the bottom was going to fall out. I don't know if that's going to happen with Missouri, but I wonder. I just wonder whether they're going to be that team that gets kind of eaten up here the second, and, and they they have a tough schedule. I, I don't. I don't think the bottom will fall out. I, I think that Kobe Brown's too talented. I mean, he he yeah. he that IQ that he has, and and uh, I just I love what Dennis is doing with his team right now. I, I think they're playing hard. I, I'm not going to say that they're going to be a top three team in the SEC, right? But I, I don't think the bottom will fall out. I, I really don't. I don't but, either. I'm just saying. I'm saying, like, could they be like Iowa State was last year, mm-hmm. where they just sneak yes, in the yes. tournament? Now, Iowa State got to the Sweet 16, so it worked out for them. But all I'm saying is, like, they were great in the non-conference. Then they were like, what were they? They eight and 12. Oh, yeah, they went downhill. Yeah, yeah, yep. Something like that. They were like 8-12 and 12 in the league. Yes. So, like, I, I don't know. They could be that type of team at the end of the day that, that again, loses their mojo uh, a little bit. Uh, but, but again, Texas A&M big win there. Uh, what else have Baylor? I mean, they almost went, oh, they were in danger going 0 and 4. The two teams, Baylor, West Virginia were both 0 and 3 tonight in the league. This would have been a devastating loss for Scott Drew and, and Baylor. I mean, put in perspective, devastating. I mean, the guys, you know, won a lot of games, but, but for this team, it would have been hard to dig out of an 0 and 4 hole, uh, for Baylor. Keontae George was awesome. Awesome. 32 points. Um, he carried them offensively and uh, they need that. They need all three of their guards to, to play well because they don't, they don't Jalen Bridges was actually decent tonight in his return to Morgantown. He transferred from West Virginia. He gave him something and Scott Drew needs something out of his fours and fives. Man, it, hmm. it just shows how, how, <laughs> how powerful and strong the big 12 is. It's I mean, you got two right? Oh and three teams. Yes. Um, West Virginia's 0-4. Yeah, but I'm saying going into the game, you got two 0-3 teams. And if you're Baylor, you're saying, like, in order to, to get on the board, we have to win at West Virginia? Crazy. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. It's crazy. Um, briefly Anything around – I mean, I'll just give briefly around the ACC. Miami beats Boston College, as you would expect. Syracuse beats Virginia Tech. Mike Young's team has fallen off a cliff. Yeah, Virginia, well, Virginia Tech – I saw the start of that. When they lost to Boston College, it, 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 Hunter Couture is—is is he still yeah. out? He got hurt against BC, and that's killed him because he can—he can really do is it, this. Is this a—is this a long-term thing, or should yeah. he be back soon? Yeah. He hurt his like elbow that game, and he wanted to come back in right away, 
and he must have really uh, injured it pretty bad because he has not been back since. Gotcha. Hunter Tyson went for 28. Uh, as Clemson, they stay unbeaten in the ACC. Amazing uh, what they've been able to do. Brad Brownell, in a crucial year, has Clemson it very much in the picture. Brownell is awesome on the hot seat. He's like the best hot seat coach ever. He is. He kills it on the hot seat. Just put him on the hot seat, and he's going to go to the tournament. <laughs> telling you. Good for Brad. Yeah. Oh, great good, dude. Great good, dude. Good for him. And, I got and a great story. I'm going to give you the quick 30-second version of it because I know Max getting a little sleepy here. But I'm, I'm at the NCAA tournament, and uh, Brunel, it was a year that he went to the Sweet 16, and he was on the hot seat that year. And I cornered Dan Radakovich, who was the AD at that time, and I asked to speak with him. And we were sitting at a table. It was in Omaha, in the media room, and I'm interviewing him. And I ask him about, are you going to give Brad an extension? And he tries to talk around me. You know, he tried, did his best to try to bullshit me and, and not answer the question. And I wasn't having it. I just kept going at him. Until finally he gave me a quote that basically said, yes, I'm going to give him an extension. So I printed it so he couldn't walk back on it. Back? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Let's get to toast. In the words of Trevor, let's get to toast. All right, Chris, who are you going to toast tonight? I'm going to I'm going to toast my man Brandon Miller, Brandon Nike Miller. The <laughs> uh, I'm going to toast his second half. You know, just the poise, the uh, the ability to like not let a, a shotless, not scoreless, a shotless half. Amazing affect his second half play have you ever seen anything team. like that chris have you ever seen anything like that like no first I, I mean i've seen a million you know great players go scoreless in the first half but not get a shot and what's even more impressive is it didn't bother him you know right. he just kept right. playing and eventually the uh the opportunities fell his way and he took the you know he cashed them in and made the most of them so here's the brandon miller and the uh alabama it's, crimson tie it's funny because honestly like that's more impressive to me almost than anything he's done. He's done so many impressive things this year, yeah. but that might be the most impressive because it, it speaks to his, his winning DNA. Yes. It's, it speaks to way more than his talent level. Yeah. Like really, really cool. Yeah. Um, Fanny, you want to go next? Or you want me to go next? Go ahead. Well, we know where I am, right? I'm in Charleston. I need this Charleston team to keep winning. Cause I can go right down the road and I'm going to see Kelsey tomorrow. He doesn't know, but I'm, I'm stopping. I'll be in tomorrow afternoon. I'm going to take a walk. I'm going to get some coffee down there. Find a good coffee spot right down by the, the uh, campus there. And, uh, but they win the, the, the nation's winning uh, longest winning streak extends to 16. Um, they're undefeated in the league. They beat Wilmington, which was kind of the best team in the league right now to Siddle. Had done an incredible job. They've won 13 in a row. And this team is 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 really fun to watch. I mean, they got two dudes on their team from West Liberty, a division two school. Their their leading scorer comes from West Liberty. He's a seventh year kid. Seventh year at Mac. Wow. Yeah, they're they're fun. They just play together. They play 10 dudes. And uh, as you know, Kels, uh Mac, Kels, his his energy. You can speak to it better than I can. Describe Pat Kelsey's energy. I mean, it's 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 one of a kind, man. It's 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 through 
the roof and he doesn't give you doses of it. It never shuts off. That's the most impressive <laughs> thing. That's, you know, I've been around like in this business, you get around a lot of high energy guys, yes. you know, guys that uh, you know are competitive that have juice, but Pat never shuts it off ever. You know, um, hell, I remember we would go when we were assistants together at Wake Forest, go out to Don Pablo's afterwards. And, you know, he'd, he'd just be eating chips like this, you know, and, and just like that. <laughs> With his eyes like yeah, that? Yeah, just like, you know, they'll bring more salsa. Relax. He's uh, he's one of a kind, man. And um, his team's his team shoot it. They play together. And, um, you know, they're led by an incredible leader, man. A guy, a guy just has unmatched energy. Well, I'm going to toast a kid who was off of college basketball's map this time last year and previously in his career. When he came out of high school in Maryland, he had zero stars. Zero. Okay. None. That's one more than Goodman. Yeah. That's right. He was in negative territory. Probably two more than my ass. I'm going to go to Rutgers' Cam Spencer, who has transferred in the program, and he has shot 48% from three-point land on the season. Tonight he hit six three-pointers. Look, it was Rutgers at Northwestern. It's the game on your schedule. Northwestern's been better. They're coming off the win over Indiana. If Rutgers doesn't get that contribution from Spencer on a night where Caleb McConnell did nothing – Paul Mulcahy did, he shot four for 13. So Rutgers, two main guys, they were dealing with, with some sickness earlier today. The point is, if you're a high school kid that listens to the show, or if you, if you love hoops, a guy that once had what zero stars. Fanny, what was their sickness? Uh, they ate something. <laughs> First of all, if you're a high school kid and you're listening to the show, I, I question what the hell you're doing. Um, especially when it's 10 after midnight, but. That's neither here nor there. Keep going, Fanta. My bad. I'm toasting Cam Spencer. Um, you make us you make us believe because you had as many stars as we did out of high school. Pat, so Spencer, good. Pat Spencer's brother, Pat Spencer, was a lacrosse star. Yep. Who also started it right. Started Loyola, went to Northwestern. Correct. Great story. Yeah, and really now, and now, good. like he's not just a transfer for Pykele. He's actually been big time. Big for Pykele and and Steve Pykele continues to make Rutgers win games in the Big Ten and it's it's pretty impressive no matter who they beat. All right, this has been seventy two minutes of nonstop fun. Want to thank Sean Miller. We want to thank Nate Oates. Mac, are you going to go watch one of the like one of the Seinfelds that they put on the Fox affiliate after midnight? Ah, uh, you know, I got every one of them memorized, man. I, come on, you do not. Yeah. Dude, do on. you really? I mean. Give me your favorite, take a couple your favorite lines episode for me to figure it out. But yeah, favorite episode. Whew. Um, man, there's there's probably too too many to name. The Marble Rye might be one of the, uh, the all time <laughs> all time greatest. That's a great one. No, America yeah. Industries. That that was, <laughs> that's a good one. That's, that's a, a good one. one. Um, it is yeah, the I'm greatest. Getting, I'm getting older. Those are the only two shows I can probably remember. The only two I, episodes I can remember. Great show. Like. It's the best show of all time. Of like, all time. Of all time. Like it, it, it beats all of them. It beats yeah. all. Seinfeld is the best show of all time. Heath Hernandez, the black and white cookie. Uh, uh-huh. I love. I love the guy who opens the restaurant, Babu, and Jerry feels like <laughs> the, soup, the soup Nazi. 
soup Nazi, but Jerry feels like he's doing the guy a service by going in there. And Elaine takes George's test in there. Oh, yeah. What about, what about Jimmy? Jimmy likes Elaine. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That was a good one. Trevor, aren't you loving this, right? Like, Trevor, Trevor's, this. Trevor's ready to go to bed. Trevor's we'll like, see. please wrap. Please we'll wrap. see you tomorrow or later today at 11 Eastern time. Thanks for listening to After Dark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done.